We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And this is Pastor John Lekomsky, and yeah, I'm still just stuck in my office here in North, and so <laughs> not, not a lot to say in terms of picturesque, but uh, <laughs> I, do have my, I do have my Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion banner up, though. <laughs> oh, very nice. There you go. That'll brighten any room. Yeah, I got my Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, from 2019. I got that plaque hanging up, too. So Fantastic. I guess, I guess there are some picturesque things here. You know, last week, you last week you said when we get to the doors of heaven, there wouldn't be a test. Isn't that what you told me? That That's that's what I said. That's right. right. That's my understanding, at least. <laughs> so I, I read across a cartoon from Gary Larson. Are you familiar with Gary Larson? Oh, yeah, the far side guy? Yeah, yeah. Sure. And, and so in this cartoon, there's God. Uh, at the gates of heaven and there's a guy standing in front of him and the title of the cartoon is math phobics nightmare math phobics nightmare and anyway in the cartoon god is saying okay now uh listen up nobody gets in here without answering the following question a train leaves philadelphia at 1 p.m it's traveling at 65 miles per hour another train leaves denver at 4 p.m say do you need some paper <laughs> oh no <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would be my nightmare, John. You yeah, know, uh, yeah. I, one of the reasons I became a pastor is there's very little math involved. It's uh, that was very attractive to me. <laughs> my my daughter Naomi oh. was a special ed, and that's one of the reasons she chose special ed because you don't need to pass the math qualifier. <laughs> to be there you go. Smart move, Naomi. <laughs> yeah, all the all right. Would everyone come for the math? Oh no, you don't need to come, ma'am. <laughs> You're a special ed. We don't expect you to know any math. <laughs> so, um, uh, Matt, well, by last, the way, this is this is, yeah. this is wrestling oh. with the basics. I didn't work it in, John. I thought it. Well, well, thank you for reminding in. us. <laughs> <laughs> Many times we do almost what two thirds of the episode, and we, or I suppose, we probably do episodes where we never even told anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that once once we yeah once we start talking, I'm pretty sure people figure it out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and and uh, in fact, the rest of the, the station probably would KFU would probably prefer we didn't tell people. <laughs> But um, so so you, you had a great point. Just really briefly share the point you you had last week. Sure, we were looking at the uh, the, re- the verses that follow immediately after Jesus' resurrection appearance to to Thomas and the other disciples, and John gives us this beautiful purpose for his book. Um, we, we talked about, though, first, um, some other possible purposes for John's book and for the Bible as a whole. And we looked at, well, you know, maybe the Bible is sort of a, a rule book. It tells us what to do and not to do. And it certainly does. There is law. But that's not, that's not the primary purpose. 
I thought, well, maybe the Bible is an, an answer book. It's about learning more about God and, and having uh, enough knowledge to maybe do really well in Bible trivia. <laughs> and okay, yeah, we, we want to study God's Word and know those answers. That's a beautiful thing, but it's not primarily an answer book. Instead, we went back to John's words where he says, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. So really, in the end, the Bible primarily is it's a gospel book. It's a, the Bible is a Jesus book. It points us to the object of our faith, Jesus. And the Bible wouldn't make any sense apart from the one that it reveals to us, Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior. So, so the Bible is a book of faith. That, that, that is to say it's a book designed to give us faith. Uh, and, and when you mention that, I, I remember what Luke says at the beginning of his gospel. He says something very similar. He says, Theophilus, I've, I've written all these things down so that you might epigenoso. Now, he doesn't use the word faith there, but, but epigenoso means to know something with certainty, which is, I think that's pretty much what faith is, <laughs> to know it and to know it with certainty. Um, and, and I realized that, that all the gospel writers saw that there was going to be a problem, that, that people are going to be like Thomas. You know, we talked about him last week, too. And they're going to think, well, if I want to have faith and I want to have faith with certainty, I need to see signs. I need to see evidence, right? Show me these things, and then I will really be able to believe. And, of course, that's fine, I guess, if you're a Thomas and a John or a, uh, at least Luke is talking to eyewitnesses, to people who have seen but it, it occurred to me that each gospel reminds us that that's not where you get faith. Uh, in fact, that's the whole thing about faith. Faith is hope in the things that are unseen. Uh, so, Matt, at the end of the Gospel of Mark, at, at least the part that we know for sure was written by Mark, uh, apparently the ending that Mark wrote was so disturbing that people felt they had to tack some things on. <laughs> but but do you remember how the original ending of Mark is? Yeah, it's a little abrupt, and they say nothing to anyone, if I remember correctly, is, is how Mark seems to end his gospel. But, oh, here, I, I looked it up real quick, John. They, okay. they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment and seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. <laughs> and I can see where people would think, that doesn't seem like a good ending. <laughs> But, but see, that, that's the point. What they saw was an open tomb, but what that open tomb meant at this point, no one knew. Uh, and, and that's how it is. That's how we have to deal with it. That to have understanding, it's not going to come from what we see. It didn't come from what they saw. No, there needed to be more. There needed to be the scriptures. Um, we have something very similar in Matthew I thought was interesting. You know what? I did not realize, Matt, until I, I did some study, Matthew really doesn't tell us about anything other than what happens on Easter morning. You know, he doesn't give us all these other accounts like that that uh, Luke and John give us. Um, in fact, Matthew spends more time telling us about the the uh, lies, the rumors that were spread by the priests, uh, paid off the uh, guards to say that the body was stolen. He spends yeah. more time on that than telling us Jesus' various appearance to the disciples. In fact, the only appearance after Easter that John records is ascension, and he he tells us that some people doubted. <laughs> They're going up to the mountaintop to say goodbye to Jesus, and some of the disciples are still doubting, even after 40 days of seeing a resurrected Lord. So apparently, again, it's not sight that's going to give us faith. 
And of course, then the classic story you had with with John with doubting Thomas, to to he says he says outright he says Thomas you see and believe but no that's not the blessed faith no blessed are those that haven't seen and believed, and and I think Luke however uh, teaches us something very similar to John that that great passage you had these things are written so that you may believe, but but John uh, Luke does it I'm sorry in the form of a story yeah. Uh, so you know where I'm going, don't you, man? Yeah, yeah, you bet. I think so, John. Yeah, you're going to Emmaus is where you're going. So would you mind reading uh, that story starting at yes. about verse 13, uh, I guess 13 through 16? Yeah. All right. Very good. The road to Emmaus. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near, and he went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And so, so yeah, so here you're, they're actually seeing Jesus, <laughs> and, and yet they don't even know it's Jesus. Um, which, by the way, that's, that's not unusual. We've got the same thing with Mary Magdalene, right? In the Gospel mm-hmm. of John. She sees Jesus. She thinks he's a carpenter. No, I'm not a carpenter. A gardener. Gardener, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I get my vocations mixed up. Now, now, Luke tells us that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. What do you make out of that, Matt? What do you make it that their eyes were kept from recognizing him? Yeah, I think that's an interesting detail. And maybe, maybe it's for a purpose because... As we'll see, Jesus has an opportunity to do some teaching, so it seems like there's a purpose to it. But I, I think it's interesting their eyes were kept from recognizing him, but I think the even more amazing thing we'll get to is later their eyes are opened. You know, So it's they're not the ones closing their eyes, perhaps, but they're certainly not the one opening their own eyes. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but it seems like God is behind both of those things. So, so it's interesting. Luke doesn't really spell out for us. He just says it's how it is, but he doesn't give us the why or the wherefore or the, the who. Uh, it could be, Matt, that, that, that what's being taught here is the same thing we teach in the third article of the Apostles' Creed where we confess, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. So it could very well be that Luke is simply indicating this is how it is. Nobody comes to faith on their own. Nobody can see Jesus on their own, that, that, that we're incapable of that uh, because of the flesh that is born in sin. Or, as you said, he may be indicating that Jesus is intentionally hiding himself from these men because you're right. He has something very important to share with them. And unfortunately, here's here's the downside. Once people see that it's Jesus, they are just so overwhelmed with joy and happiness that Jesus can barely get a word in edgewise. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> in the whole the whole story, you know, the women get so excited they grab him by his feet to the point where Jesus says, "No, don't don't hold on to me. I got stuff to do here." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Okay. laughs> yeah. 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 Jesus actually gets a chance to talk if they don't know it's him. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's a good theory, right. John. I like that. It seems true. So why don't we keep on reading uh, and verse, and, and by the way, oh, thank you for the insight that, that Luke is setting us up for what's going to happen in the future. They, they, they're kept from seeing, but that's not God's intent. He doesn't want to ever keep anybody blind, but for a moment they need to be blind so he can do something. Uh, I want you to read verse 17 through, uh, I guess you might as well read it all the way down to verse 24. Okay. 
And he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, said to him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And, and the thing that just strikes me as you were reading this, there are some people who have seen some things. Uh, apparently, people have seen empty tombs. Some have seen angels. Uh, but there's still no faith from anybody. Everybody's just confused, and, and they don't understand. And we don't understand because we thought, we had hoped, right? We'd hoped they said that he was going to be the uh, the one who would redeem Israel. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, nobody knows for sure. Yeah. Um, any any and comments it, about those? Well, verses? I would just say it just shows, too, I think, just the essentialness of the resurrection. Um, so it, they're walking along and they're sad. You know, if we, they, they know about Jesus, they know that he died on the cross, but yet without the resurrection, there's just sadness, right? And for us, too, if Jesus is not raised, well, yeah, we've got nothing but sadness. I, can you hear the siren going on in the background? I, I can hear the siren in the background. <laughs> okay. It sounded like so, there was a party going on in, in, for a little bit, but no, that's a, some sort of yeah, warning so siren. Are you okay, John? Apparently special effects for this issue of Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs> okay. I, I have no idea what's going on because that's not supposed to be blowing on, on this day, but don't. apparently it is. <laughs> Do you need to seek shelter? Are you okay? I, I don't know. It looks sunny outside to me. Okay. All okay. right. Well, excuse us for the <laughs> the interruptions here to the show. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Everything that you said, Matt, although I couldn't hear half of it for the siren. <laughs> 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 well, just saying, you know, with, with, if you got if you got the whole story of Jesus' life, even, and if you even yeah. know about his death and the cross, but if you don't have the resurrection, well, then you're still stuck in sadness. Yeah, like yeah. these two on the road. And that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. People may say, well, why? Because actually, he said it is finished, didn't he, on the cross? And so, in terms of everything that needed to be done for our salvation, it was finished. Teleos completed perfected but yeah we don't know that and now you're getting onto the point though see we we need to know that and we need to know what applies yeah. to us yeah not just that jesus died for the world but he died for us well all right let's see how jesus responds to them if you would read in verse 25 through 27 and jesus said to them "O foolish ones and slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken was it not necessary that the christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory and beginning with moses and all the prophets he interpreted them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself so so if we're going to have faith we have to begin by recognizing that we are the foolish ones and slow of heart to believe that, that teaching we shared just a moment ago, that we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe or come to the Lord Jesus. That, that's very, Isn't that crazy? Uh, strangely enough, the faith begins with the recognition it's not something we can do for ourselves. And then immediately Jesus steps in and tells us how, how 
we who are slow and hard to believe. But where does he point them to? Does he say, oh, look at my hands and my feet? Oh, no, no. What's he point them to, man? So he points them to the scriptures. Uh, Moses, the prophets, those Old Testament scriptures, and then in, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. I think that's interesting. Um, it seems like just this comprehensive discussion <laughs> revealing uh, of the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures and, and how they point ahead to him. So, so what do you, what scriptures do you think he might have talked about to them with Matt? Well, wouldn't that be beautiful? I mean, I wish we were there, John. What a Bible study, right? Um, to hear from Jesus, yeah, you know, how the scriptures testify to him. And, you know, I would think, you know, a lot of those prophecies that we're familiar with, those prophecies of the coming Messiah, the Christ, and to, to see, help them connect the dots that, yeah, this is him. I think maybe... Uh, Maybe Psalm 16, you know, that one that talks about your Holy One will not see corruption or be abandoned uh, in the grave. Uh, that, that, that's, that's the one I thought of. So that's the one I'm that thinking, Peter quotes. Yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe he, he says, oh, yeah, yep, here I am. <laughs> the Psalms are right. So, uh, yeah, it, it would just be marvelous to, to know what he shared with them. And I was thinking probably Isaiah 53 yeah. about the suffering servant, about all the iniquities being laid on him. But, you know, Matt, as we're having this discussion, it suddenly dawned on me why, why Luke doesn't tell us the passage, because it's just what you said, the entirety of Scripture is concerning him. And, and so he doesn't want us to reduce the Bible to just one or two key prophecies, but, but he wants us to realize that, as, as you said last week, the entirety of the thing is about Jesus. And if you've read it and you have not discovered Jesus, the one who died for your sins, then you probably need to read it again. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you haven't grasped the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And now you got me smiling, Matt, because isn't that the job of a pastor? Isn't that what you and I have done for years and years? We come to these texts. Many of them we're very, very familiar with. But every time we come and say, Lord, where is the message that you want to give to the people this particular Sunday that tells them about that Jesus who loves them and died for them and will treat them with forgiveness and mercy? Yeah. Or else, why are we why are we doing it, right? You know, if the gospel's yeah. not in present in in you know in the preaching of the word, then what are we doing? You know, just giving an exposition on the Bible, or you know, talking about rules to follow. Uh, you know, those have their place, right? And then we need to preach the law. But yeah, it's about Jesus. And if there's no gospel present, oh, you know, what's the point? So why don't we wrap this up now? Uh, Starting with verse twenty-eight, and uh, go, I guess, to verse thirty-two. Okay, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. When, it, when he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? Well, he opened to us the scriptures. So, so Matt, there's a bunch of things there that I want to ask you about. It always puzzles me that as they drew near, uh, Jesus acted like he was going to go on. Uh, any insights into that? Why would Jesus act like he wasn't, like he needed to go on to another village or whatever? Yeah, I, I don't know. Is he trying to, you know, he, I, I don't know, John. I don't. I, I really don't think we, we know for sure. I think it's kind of neat that... Um, we see that they urge him then to stay with us. I mean, maybe it was to teach them just the, 
you know, the, you know, they, they don't know it's Jesus at this point, but yet, you know, they're showing hospitality at the very least to the one who talked on the, walked on the road with them, shared the scripture with them. And maybe it's, maybe it's pointing us a little to the value of that mutual conversation and consolation of the brothers that we sometimes talk about. Um, and, and to evoke that perhaps in them, that desire to continue to talk about the scriptures with him. And, and so the two things that struck me is that he, he, he does this other places, you know. Uh, the, the one that always bothered me was when they were on the boat with a storm and Jesus came walking. Oh, yeah. And, and you've got that <laughs> yeah. same that same little uh, yeah, exactly. indication that, that he was going to yeah. like walk by them. Um, and, and the only thing I could think of is, yeah, that's how it seems, <laughs> you know. A lot of times the same way with us when we're sad or we're having some kind of struggle. It seems like Jesus is just walking by. Wait, wait, Jesus. <laughs> don't don't walk by us. <laughs> you know, we, we need your help. We need your concern. Uh, uh, and I, I guess maybe it just depends on the situation that he he seems to be walking by. See, I, yeah. I think that's the operating thing. He seems, but yeah. he isn't. He is, and he's just waiting for us to say something. And I, and I think you're absolutely right in this case. We have a remarkable uh, evidence of the fruit of faith. Uh, see, these guys already believe, and they don't even know it. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Yeah. They say, did our, not our hearts burn within us when he opened the scriptures to us? So here, they're, they're, they're having faith, they've got faith, and they're not even conscious of the fact that they have faith until later. <laughs> yeah. Now they look back and say, oh, my God, we were believing back then and we didn't yeah. even know it. Yeah. Um, and then well, what's interesting, too, then he uh, uh, but then Jesus then. Right. He he leaves. Right. Um, yeah. He does leave them. He vanishes from their sight. And I, it's not really I don't think until after their eyes are open and they recognize him. Right. When they do yeah. realize, oh, this is Jesus. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting. You know, when they realize Jesus is alive, risen from the dead then his physical presence isn't really necessary anymore. Yeah. They know he's alive. <laughs> so now now it's okay. It's okay. And, and and so what we have then is the love that flows from faith. Because honestly, who wants to invite a stranger to their home, especially when they're sad? You know, usually when we're experiencing sadness, we isolate, or at least we just want to be close to the people that are close to us. But, but yeah, so you have this love going there that... Well, okay, we don't send a stranger down the line. It's getting late. Come on in and have a meal with us. Let's let's feed and provide for you. Um, and, and then, then as you said, then, then the faith begins to blossom, and now they even begin to realize they have faith. But the important thing that Luke points out is where did this faith come from? Did it come from seeing the Jesus who has risen from the grave? No, it comes from the the scriptures, the scriptures that he opened to them. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why you and I do what we do, and that's why we do wrestling with the basics, because we just want people to have the scriptures open to them. We, we want them to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is with them. In fact, here's the other thing I really like about this text, because it dawned on me that this happens to me all the time. Jesus is with us all the time, and most of the time I don't even know he's there. Yeah. A lot of the time I live my life as if he's not there, as if it's all in my hands and all in my control. And then sometimes I think, man, are you stupid? <laughs> here, here you've been worried about this. I've got some medical issues going on, and I'm, I'm being troubled and bothered by that. And I'm thinking, he's right here with me. Why am I not talking to him about this? Why am I not praying to him about this? 
uh, knowing that he's going to work all this stuff out for me. Uh, in fact, looking back on it and realizing that everything that's going on with me medically is just Jesus trying to keep me alive. And here I'm grumbling and complaining about the inconvenience it puts me in. <laughs> yeah, Jesus comes and says, hey, John, I want to keep you alive. And all I can do is say, oh, man, but it's messing up my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Matt. Anyway, it's been it's been really good this week and and and, and last week, uh, reminding people that as John said, these things are written, and John and and Matt uh, talks about the things that are written simply because he wants we want people to believe. That's all we're concerned about, uh, and we know we cannot do that on our own by our own reason or strength. But thank God. Uh, the Holy Spirit working in. Oh, and what's the other thing that happens here? Uh, Jesus does what before them? He, he what? Well, he, uh, he breaks bread. Right. Which, them. of course, is probably talking about, it isn't the Lord's Supper, but it's reminding people that the Lord's Supper opens these things to us as well. We're running over time, Matt. Hey, God bless you. God bless our listeners. This has been Wrestling with the Basics.